Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Bradley McGar and Nathan Manis, both fighting out of TAG MMA. Really appreciate both of them joining me today. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by, I have a couple guests. I have Bradley McGar for the first time on the Kelly Patrick Show is in studio with me. Mr. McGar, how are you today? Sir, very good, man. How are you? Doing very well. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, and courtesy of the Louisville Combat Academy Roadcaster line, we are joined by Nathan Manis. Nathan, how are you today? Everything's good, man. How you guys doing? Doing very well. Cannot complain, champ. Um, I know you, you two know each other uh, pretty well. How long have you guys known each other? <sighs> Hell, I'd say uh, I've known Nate. Um, a little over two years now. Oh, maybe. okay, okay. But we we go back a little bit more. You know, he messaged me a little bit after my, I think my first amateur fight, um, asking for a training partner. Oh, uh, okay. for one of his fights, but I didn't take up the opportunity back then. And a couple years later, we made it happen. So okay, definitely big move. Definitely big move. Okay, very cool. Um, now Nathan, the big story here is you have. Well, for starters, just to get it out of the way, Nathan Manis is, of course, 3-0 and in the UFC. That's a pretty big fucking deal, isn't yeah, it? That's a huge-ass deal. That's a huge-ass <laughs> Almost deal. seems surreal. <laughs> Knocking Nathan, heads off, too. I know, I know you don't want to rest on your laurels too much, Nathan, but has that really set in as reality yet? Uh, I don't know if it ever will, man. Sometimes I still see, like, the UFC logo on my gear, and I'm just happy to be here, man. It's uh, been a crazy ride. I'm glad that I finally made it. Uh, but yeah, it's never going to hit home. Like I'm in the UFC. It's always going to be special. Okay. Um, of course, 
Nate, you have a fight coming up against Umar, um, Khabib's cousin, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And that's June 25th, so just about a, just about a, a week or eight days from now. Um, undefeated. Nathan, what can you tell us about this matchup? Oh, uh, yeah, man. It's, uh, Umar is a, a great wrestler. Um, I'm not sure his wrestling is quite up to Khabib's level, uh, but he's a great grappler. You know, I can't let him get to my back. Uh, really good kicks, fast kicks, good hip flexibility. He doesn't telegraph very much at all. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of his hands in his boxing. Uh, you know, that's something that we're looking to uh, close the distance and get in on him and uh, make him use his hands, obviously stop the shots, and uh, just put on a show for the fans. Wow. Um, I know it's difficult to say until you actually get in there. Um, I've done very minimal even sparring for MMA, but I've done some. And it's kind of funny how just stylistically sometimes certain people match up well with others. And then at, at other times, you know, not so much maybe. But um, prior to getting in there with him, Nate, is it safe this, safe to say this is maybe the, the biggest test of your career? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean... Uh, just with who he's training with and the gym he comes from, he's obviously undefeated. Uh, to be my second undefeated guy in the UFC, uh, I'm sure he's going to be a tough test, man. Um, I, I don't think he's ever fought anyone as big as I am at 135. Uh, the last guy he fought in the UFC had like a six-inch shorter reach than I do, uh, like five inches of height. So I'm not sure he's ever got in there with somebody as big as I'll be at 135, and uh, I'm interested to see how he uh, approaches that. He is 2-0 and in the UFC. So, I, I mean, there, as far as the very top level of competition, there, there's actually, you know, his resume isn't even, isn't even what yours is thus far. But watching, I'm sure you've watched both those fights, right, Nate? Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. Okay, so uh, you're, you're an interesting case because you did not wrestle in high school or anything like that, but you, uh, you know, getting to work with some serious wrestlers since high school, um, you've really dedicated yourself to the craft, and that's almost become like a, when necessary, a strength of your gra- of your game. Would that be an accurate description? Oh yeah, for sure. And, and Bradley knows. Brad doesn't. Uh, that Bradley doesn't take well to uh, letting us get taken down in the gym, man. It's it's not his thing. Brad, tell us about that. I think he's referring to Bradley, the coach. Eh? Oh, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Cummings. Okay, yes. Yeah, no, no. He doesn't. He doesn't fuck around when it comes to the wrestling, does he? Not, not at all, man. He'll, uh, he'll beat us up a lot worse than we do in the cage if we start getting taken down every fight. <laughs> yeah, bro, ain't no joke. That's a fucking real <laughs> one on there. Nathan, have you noticed that over the past week or couple weeks, Bradley McGar has taken on almost like a different online persona than in the past? Have you noticed that, Nate? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a, it's a good thing, especially for the marketing that uh, needs to take place for guys like us to be successful in the uh, MMA world. Uh, all props to him, man. He's being active. He's being uh, interacting with the fans, too. And I think they can only do well for him. Brad, what can you tell us about that? What, what kind of – and you tell me. Am I misinterpreting? Was I not, was I not paying attention before? No, you're all good. Yeah, um, yeah. What, and, what, what, was there a switch that happened? What happened? Oh, yeah, there is something huge. But uh, just so I don't forget, I want to make a huge shout-out to uh, one of my biggest supporters. He's been supporting me ever since day one, ever since my very first fight. Biggest guy ever. Um, Nash, Nash, I appreciate you, Nash from the Philippines. This dude has been on me every single day, messaging every post I've ever made, supporting big time. Um, 
I was thinking that Nate was going to be here in person. Me and him were going to sign some shirts and uh, send some things out to him and the Philippines just as a thank you, you know, for uh, all the support. You know, we need more guys like that in the support. So uh, I appreciate you, Nash. But, uh, yeah, man, um, on the 31st of last month, I was broke, down bad, didn't have anything to my name besides a change in my car. Um, I went out to Kroger's and cashed in my coins at the coin star, and I was just embarrassed as hell. And right then and there, I decided I wasn't going to ever go back to that. I'm going to change myself, change everything I'm doing completely and never go back. Uh, and I did. You know, just a little over two weeks now, my entire life has changed. Every shape and form. So, very grateful for that. And, uh, of course, I attest that to myself, too. But I really believe that uh, this audio book that I've been listening to lately has really helped me big time on that. And it's uh, Awaken the Giant Within by Anthony Robbins. Uh, I truly think that that is Awoken the Giant Within. Okay. Nathan, you are currently 30 years old. Bradley is, of course, you're tw- 23 years old. Is that right, Brad? Uh, yes, sir. I'm going to turn 24 in August. Okay. So you're, you're 23. Uh, of course, it's a long journey to be an amateur MMA fighter, bust your ass, and then when you turn about 30, if you take the Nathan Manis route, you can get your... I guess you were technically 29 when you got your big chance, um, but you can then truly shine. Nathan, in hindsight, if you had any advice for someone such as Brad in his amateur career, uh, hustling, of course, you got to train hard, you got to work very hard, uh, marketing, things like that, but do you have any advice you would give to Brad in hindsight during his amateur years? Oh, man, I think he's getting ready to turn pro already, oh, man. I, I guess that, that is true. You're I'm pro. Already, I'm already pro. Yeah, I turned pro in my last fight. Um, I've had a few pro fights lined up now, um, one for London, one for Canada, but um, both of those fell through, I'd say, like a week or two before each of them. So we haven't really had the opportunity to show ourselves in the pros yet. So you haven't you haven't actually had a pro fight yet, but no. you, you've signed the contract a couple yeah, times. Gotcha. So, you know, there's no way of going back to amateurs, which I never would anyway. We're not fighting for nothing. We're not fighting for peanuts nowadays. Okay, so it, but it, regardless of that, Nate, is there any advice you would give to a younger version of yourself? Oh, man, I think the skills are already there. Uh, I just think, uh, you know, obviously it sounds like he's had things going on in his personal life and things like that, but it's just about getting in the gym and being consistent, stuff he already knows. Uh, but I, I turned pro the same age he was. I think I was 23, uh, but I think he's already better than I was at 23. Obviously, our games are a little different. Um, his striking is was better than mine was at then, and I was more of a wrestler, so a little bit different styles. Uh, but he's right there, man. Uh, you know, the sky's the limit. It's whatever he wants to put into it, he'll get back. He definitely has what it takes to make it all the way. Well, I have you on the line, Nathan. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, what are your thoughts on the NBA playoffs and, of course, the Warriors uh, closing things out and winning the championship again? Uh, what's your take on this NBA, this NBA season and the NBA Finals results? Yeah, man, I actually won a bet for the first time in like six months. I put a bet on the uh, Warriors to win the championship. The bad part is I only put a dollar on it, so I won nine bucks. Yeah, so I called that one. Uh, man, Steph really stepped it up like he always does. Got his first um, Finals MVP. Uh, I think... Um, I think one of the matchups that nobody really paid attention to is uh, Wiggins really shutting down Jason Tatum and forcing him into a lot of turnovers and bad plays. 
I think Wiggins is one of the unsung heroes in this series. And, uh, man, Golden State's just so good, man. They're such a good team. They flow well together. So many parts that fit well. Uh, it was a good season overall. Brad, are you a basketball fan? No, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you never know with, with MMA fighters, right, Nate? I mean, not many people within the sport of mixed martial arts follow basketball very closely. But, of course, I grew up with it as my favorite sport. So it's, you know, it's, it's relevant right now. And I agree with you. Andrew Wiggins is a stud. I mean, remember, he was the first overall pick. Almost looked like for a year there. I don't know if he was going to be a bust or, you know, or what, but, but it sure does look like that number one overall pick is coming to fruition now. Yeah, man, I think he's just playing his part well. You know, um, I don't know if he's ever a number one option on a championship team at least. And, uh, you know, coming from Minnesota where they just really don't have things together anyway, uh, I think he's really shining in that second, maybe third position there behind Clay. And, uh, yeah, like you said, man, MMA fighters are usually purists, man. I, I don't meet a whole lot of MMA guys that like other sports. They just like to fight, and uh, that's cool, too, in its own way. Okay. Um, now, Nathan, on the same card as you, I believe Chris Curtis is fighting. Is that right? Yeah, he is. That's pretty cool. Brad, I assume you, you followed Chris Curtis at least uh, a little bit, too. Somewhat similar story to Nathan. Uh, yeah, we've had a little run-ins on social media and all that. But, yeah, I, love, I like Chris Curtis. What do you mean by run-ins? Um, <laughs> I, I, I hate to stir shit up. I you think, guys, no, you no, guys no, know no. I hate to stir shit up, but could you elaborate, please? Oh, shit, sure, yeah, it's okay. I think Nate's laughing. He probably knows. Uh, oh, yeah, I follow around. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm a big fan of Chris. You know, I respect him. But uh, before he got into the UFC, honestly, uh I didn't like the way that he was kind of bitching and moaning that he wasn't getting a shot. You know, just basically okay. complaining all day. Um, you know, and to me, like, real man, don't complain. They just go out and do it and just accept how shit is and just change something up instead of bitch online. But, uh, yeah, other than that, man, I love and respect Chris as a fighter, yeah, all day. So you kind of voiced your opinions and he responded? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it is what it is. Yeah. If, if he wants to fight, shit, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? 20K, 20K minimum, let's go. <laughs> I, I love it, but um, let's bring that up for Chris Curtis, man. Do you know anything about his opponent, Nathan? Well, I think he's a really high-level um, jiu-jitsu black belt. Uh, but, you know, Chris has got really good takedown defense. Obviously, he has great hands, southpaw. Uh, I expect Chris to really stop the shots and pour it on in the later rounds. Uh, probably another TKO stoppage for Chris. Okay. Um, Nate, do you have a prediction for your fight? Uh. Yeah, man, I'm going to knock him out. That's always the plan. Um, if I go in there trying to do anything else, man, I'm not being true to what I do. Uh, I can't tell you around. I'm just going to let it uh, let it come to me, and I'm going to throw hard and get in the space and uh, let the pieces fall where they may. Has Umar fought at 145 before? Is that what that says? Uh, yeah, I think it was a short notice with another 135 guy who'd come up, so not a true 145-er. Oh, okay. Okay, I look at the rankings, and it shows 145. Um Okay. Um, Brad, what, what, you're not a big fan of basketball. Of course, you're a fan of MMA. Are you a fan of any, any other sports, maybe boxing or anything? Uh, yeah, I love boxing. You know, I've taken a lot of uh, inspiration from a lot of boxers over the years, uh, such as Roy Jones Jr., uh, Floyd Mayweather, of course, Mike Tyson, um, Tyson Fury. You know, there's, okay. there's too many to name. You know, there's so, so many skilled people out there. And, uh, you know, I test that to why my striking is the way it is. You know, I've fallen in love with striking. But I'm also trying to get better with my grappling. That's my only loss so far is submission. 
Mm-hmm. So right now I'm out there working with everyone at Nice Guy Submission. Shout out everyone at Nice Guy Submission in Evansville. So I'm trying to get some work in and up my game so people will fear my ground game as well. Nathan, are the people at Nice Guy Submission, um, are, are they good at jujitsu? Man, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, so they are, they're right? a different level, man. <laughs> uh, three or four black belts up there. You know, we got some USC vets, Bellator vets, uh, ADCC vets. Uh, Bobby's competed for the EBI, combat jiu-jitsu, all that good stuff. Yeah, on the ground, man, they're a different level and uh, mostly no-gi, so it translates really well to uh, our fighting games. They're monsters. How did it come about, you guys training with them? Uh, Bobby and them were in Owensboro, which is pretty close to where I am. Uh, I think Bradley, are you from Madisonville or Owensboro? I'm from Madisonville. Madisonville. Born has been here my entire life. Yeah, yeah. So they're uh, they're pretty close to us. Um, they'd had guys on like the hook and shoot shows and some regional shows, and uh, just got in contact with Bobby and uh, hooked up, and it was a good fit for everyone. So uh, we've just been getting in good work. Okay, my interview style is just to bounce around, real ADHD. Brad, have you been sell- selling stuff online? What have you been selling? Are, are those jokes? Are you you joking? No, like a real old shit. bag of peanuts? No, real shit, man. I've got um, I'm little Walmart right now. And I'm about to take over, man. I'm, Walmart's gonna not be shit compared to me here soon. What, so, are, have you actually sold any of that stuff? What are you doing? Shit, I've got it all. I've got shit, all kinds of stuff already sold. As soon as I get back to town, I've already sold uh, a box of those wipes. My very first product in the first day. A box um, of what? Um, they're basically like wipes, industrial wipes. Uh, okay. You know, you can detail your car with it. Um, okay. That's what I do. You know, so you're I, just kind of hustling, selling a little bit here. A little doing bit a- of everything, but that's a big business. You know, that's that's a way to get myself propelled right now. Um, I really want to do a lot of big things for my hometown. You know, there's so many problems that I can see for myself and for my hometown alone. You know, I spend, I'm a night owl, and we don't have any restaurants or anything uh 24 7 so i would love to build up the capital to just make that happen hell if anyone's listening that already has the capital can make it happen hell i'm not in no competition shit if y'all want to go out there and make something like that happen go ahead and do it i'll definitely appreciate it um we also need an entertainment center in madisonville we don't have anything like that right now um back we used to have a skating rink uh, whenever I was a kid, but that blew away maybe 10 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. So okay. we need something like a go-kart rink, uh, just anything fun, you know, and I want to make that 24-7 as well just to give kids, teenagers, adults, and even a place to go and, uh, you know, have fun, spend time, and not get into trouble because that's basically, you know, what happens whenever there's not shit to do. You know, people find other things to do, and a lot of times it's little, it'll lead to bad things, so. Okay. I want to make some good things for my town. Um, also, shit, I had plenty of car problems on my way up here. I would have been here an hour sooner. So, shit, if I can get some capital selling all these things and uh, give me a nice little car like Nathan has, shit, I think we'll be good. What what kind of car are you driving, Nathan? Uh, I got me a Mustang Fastback. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, good for you. Is that relatively new? Um, I'll have it two years in December. Okay. Uh, actually looking to sell it for real, man. Gas prices are crazy. <laughs> Yeah, God, I, might, I might buy it off you, dog. I don't know. I'm looking at something nice. Uh, I'm looking at some nice things coming up. Yeah, yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> Nathan, speaking of finances, can you tell us anything? Does your pay keep going up each time you fight in the UFC? Uh, yeah, I just signed a new four-fight deal. Um, so they basically doubled my show money, and then it goes up with every win. Um, if I lose, it stays the same. Uh, but, yeah, it goes up on both sides every win. Do they have someone advising you, like, this is your purse, here's a check, but 
you got to take out this amount for taxes. You don't want to fuck because you know uh, fighting is an interesting thing when it comes to taxation. I think uh, uh, do they withdraw taxes for you, or, or is there any guidance there? Uh, no, no guidance. They don't take it out. Uh, we have an accountant now that uh, takes care of all of our taxes and things like that. But uh, it's it's definitely different. What it shows you get paid is not actually what you uh, get to bring home for sure. Yeah, I know that's not the sexiest question. It's like, hey, let's talk about taxes. <laughs> but it is interesting because you you were you love MMA, right, Nathan? Yeah. And you were doing this for a while. When I first started, I think I first saw you fight in person, Nathan, in 2013. You were doing it because you loved it. You didn't know you were going to end up in the UFC. Um, and, and, and so you become accustomed to a lifestyle where you're actually probably, not probably, you, you are, you're, you're losing money for fighting at the beginning. And then at some point, if you get to, the, to, to where you're at now, Nathan, um, you, you actually start to, to turn a profit. So, I mean, is it, is it um, just a surprise every time you think, man, I'm not as broke as I used to be? <laughs> yeah man it's great especially when you got a uh, a wife at home man like if it was just me i'd be stacking over here but you know once you get you a wife man things change so we got us a house now and the cars and things like that but uh yeah man it's really cool to go do what you love and uh, actually get paid what you think you're worth for it it's um there's no money in mma until there is there's really no in between uh you really got to make it to be able to uh, afford your bills so i'm glad to be where i am and uh just uh not to interrupt you but uh Ain't nobody in here deserves a shit more than Nathan. Nathan's the fucking hardest worker that I know. Most humble dude that I know. He ain't changed up one bit ever since he had the UFC, you know. So if there's anyone that deserves this shit, it's Nathan. Thank you, man. I do know that you're, you're very approachable, Nathan, and, and you do seem consistent with what Brad said as far as, you know, at least coming across as being humble and, I mean, 3-0 and in the UFC. I mean, realistically, what, you win your fourth fight, and then fifth fight. I mean, what type of a progression uh, would this be? How long till you get a title shot? Uh, I think Umar's ranked uh, number 18 right now. I think they have me at like 30, which is a little crazy to me, man. Like you said, he's 2-0. and I'm 3-0. and uh, I've got a bunch of bonuses under my belt now. Um, I, got, I think that last name has just got him a lot more recognition than what he's actually earned. Uh, he's 14-0. I'm 14-1. Similar records. Uh, but yeah, with a win here, man, and, and definitely a finish. I think I'm right there in the top 15, uh, depending on who they'd give me next. And, you know, decisions and finishes have a lot to do with it. Um, if I can put away another two or three guys, man, I think I'm right there uh, knocking on the door. You have been working on your uh, jujitsu and, and your grappling, I think, quite a bit. But if we had to describe – actually, Brad, I'll ask you. If you had to describe Nathan Manis as an MMA fighter, someone said, what kind of style does he have? What would you say? She's a knockout artist that can fucking wrestle, and that's the scariest thing that there is. <laughs> Would you agree with that assessment, Nathan? I like it. <laughs> You'll take it, huh? For sure. Um, so a, a big part, I think if I remember correctly, Nathan, you started doing some boxing when you were pretty young, I don't know, 12 years old or something. And, and so clearly that has been the one of the main pillars or foundations of your game ever since, right? Yeah, yeah, I was 14 or 15 years old. Uh, I think there's just a lot of things that I haven't even really got a chance to show in the UFC. Um, if you watch all of my film throughout my regional scene and even in Canada, there's a lot of things that I haven't been able to show yet. Um, I don't know if you can call me just fantastic or great at any one thing, but I'm definitely a complete fighter, I think. Um, I can hit takedowns. I have pretty good jujitsu, good striking. 
Um, if you're bad somewhere, I, I think I can expose that. And um, it's hard to expose me somewhere, man. I put a lot of time in and a lot of different art. That was a pretty slick takedown you got. Was that against Luke Sanders? Was that that trip? Yeah, yeah, it was. Is, is that the type of thing? Brad, afterwards, your, your coach Brad Cummings was like, nice, we drilled that a lot, good work. Did he give you high praise on that? Oh, yeah, man. He was uh, more excited about taking down Tony Gravely, who was a, a D1 guy. Um, he was very excited about that. And, you know, he's, uh, he's on me, let's wrestle him more, let's wrestle him. But, uh, you know, man, we got to be smart. We got to pick our shots. And, uh, you know, if he uh, opens up for a takedown, I'll definitely take it. Okay, so you're not afraid to, to take down Umar either? No, no. So if he gives me that and uh, that's what he's showing me, uh, I have no problem shooting my shot for sure. And he's a dragon to fucking to the corner and talk some shit to Khabib. Yeah. <laughs> Tom has gone smash. <laughs> Is Khabib all, always cornering him? Yeah, he'll be in his corner. <laughs> See, Pick him up, drop him in his corner, dog. So, Brad, do you, you think he should, Nate should talk shit to Khabib? I think he should talk shit just to everybody, <laughs> whoever he wants, fucking call him out. What, what do you think of that advice, Nathan? Uh, that's what I'm bringing Brad along for, man. He'll definitely talk some trash to uh to Khabib. It's really not my thing, but uh, Brad will do it. <laughs> does, does, does Coach Brad, does he actually talk shit to people? Brad is crazy. Brad's a oh, yeah, man. He doesn't care at all. <laughs> that's why I love him. Has that ever caused any, like, actual um, – <laughs> You guys got any exciting stories? Any exciting stories for me? I, I mean, personally I'm, don't. I'm, I'm obviously unaware. Inform me. I personally don't, but Nate's probably got plenty of them. Uh, yeah, him and Bobby didn't like each other for a while. They got into it over Facebook uh, eight, ten years ago. Uh, Brad's one of those guys, he's not afraid to tell you how he feels, and uh, he has strong opinions, and he'll stand by them. Uh, he doesn't really like Daniel Cormier for whatever reason, and I know they're all from AKA. Uh, so hopefully, you know, my fight is the only fight uh, we have this weekend. <laughs> what was the beef between Bobby Emmons and, and Brad? What was that about? Any idea? Uh, I think I was getting ready to make my pro debut, and um, I think my guy had fallen out. And Bobby had offered to uh, to step in, which Bobby already had uh, maybe eight pro fights. And um, he was bigger. He was a 145er. I was a 135er. And I guess Brad just kind of took uh, exception to that. Thought he was trying to maybe pick on a smaller, inexperienced guy. And uh, I'll let them handle it, man. I never had a problem with Bobby trying to step in or anything like that. But uh, like I said, Brad uh, feels a certain way. He'll let you know. What's his beef with Daniel? He's a wrestling junkie. What's his beef with Daniel Cormier? How could you not love Dan? Yeah, really. What's up, I I guess he he doesn't cut weight the best. I think that (laughs) fucked up his Olympic... um, Right? I mean, in hindsight, I think Daniel Cormier was eligible for the Olympics, but he couldn't get his weight under control. Maybe that bothers Brad? I've asked him a couple of times, man. I don't. I think it's just the competition in him. I think everybody loves Daniel, and they think he's really good. And uh, Brad just takes exception to that for some reason. Uh, he kind of wants to wrestle him. He wants to beat him up. I don't know, man. You have to get Brad on here and ask him. Brad would be an interesting character to have on here. Should we need I, that ASAP? I interviewed him once. I should do it again. I agree. Uh, okay so during any of your three ufc fights any shit talk from brad nathan uh i don't think so we we've kind of been under like the covid restrictions so he hasn't had a chance to really meet anybody really face to face they've kind of kept us uh separate from everyone else uh so we'll see what it's like for this one today is friday june 17th 2022 of course your fight is 
uh, coming up on June 25th. So once again, eight days from now in Vegas. What's the schedule for the next eight days look like for you, Nathan? Uh, I got my um, 5K that I'm doing tomorrow morning. Um, I'm sponsored with a uh, uh, hooked up with a church that so we're going to kind of split the benefits and uh, the money and things like that, kind of help them out, help me out with some of my medicals and things like that. Um, today, I, I still got in a couple of workouts to do today. Uh, you might have seen me post about the Filthy 50. It's a uh, CrossFit workout. It's pretty tough. I'll be doing that later on today. Uh, taking off Sunday. Monday is going to be a fire tower run and some sparring, just light stuff, staying sharp. Uh, we fly out Tuesday. And uh, from there, it's just focusing on the weight, staying sharp, staying loose, uh, more mental visual- visualization, things like that. Uh, but most of the hard work's already done, man. It's uh, almost fight time. Who's going to be cornering you? Uh, Brad Cummings, David Overfield from Nice Guy, and my uncle flies down from North Carolina every fight. Hey, if anyone gets sick, shit, call me in. Bradley, are you willing to drive your your car out there? Shit, I'll fly. I'll figure a way okay, out there. Okay. I'll have someone drive me if I need to. Shit. Okay. So your uncle flies in to corner you for each each of these UFC fights. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. He's cornered me at Hard Rock uh, over in Canada. I think he's only maybe missed two or three fights my whole career. Uh, definitely somebody I like to have in my corner for sure. What's the What's the story with that? Is he on your mom's side, your dad's side? What? Why? Um, why is he so involved? Uh, he's my mom's brother. Uh, my mom's parents ended up having him late in life, so there's only about six years between us. Uh, so we kind of grew up like brothers, just somebody I like to have in my corner. Uh, maybe a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, he's a big, strong guy. can help me out with some nutrition and things like that. Uh, but it's really just a comfort factor, and it's just somebody close to me that I, I want there and to experience all this with me. Very cool. Okay. Interesting. So you, you've got the, um, it, it's always fascinating for me to think about, like you said, you'll do some light sparring, maybe Tuesday, something like that, or, or you said Monday. Um, it, what, what about hard sparring? How far out do you do hard sparring? Uh, I just did some hard sparring, what, Bradley, uh, Wednesday? Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, I did yeah, some hard sparring. Bradley come up Wednesday. Hard sparring for me, shit. <laughs> Bradley, were you, were you fucking Nathan up? Hell no, nah, dude. I'm, even on my best days and on Nathan's worst days, he fucks me up 10 times out of 10. No, nah, he's a tough round, man. He gives me problems. He's so fast. He's got good in and out movement, good kicks. Uh, he's actually a good guy to uh, to fight kind of like Umar with his kicks and his question mark kicks and his speed. So, uh, yeah, I enjoy the rounds with him for sure. Uh, Bradley, being this is the first time I've ever interviewed you, what's your background within martial arts? You're 23 years old. Walk me through it. What age did you start any type of combat sports training, and, and what did that look like? Um, shit, I started at 15. Um, me and my dad are, of course, big fans of the UFC. So uh, before that, me and him would just watch UFC together. And um, one day, man, after one of the cards, I just saw they posted uh, a little visual of basically the paydays for everyone from that night, and everyone on that list was over 100K. So I was like, shit, if I could sit here and make some money doing this, I would love to do that. You know, have my dad watch that, wrap the UFC belt around him. That would be amazing to me. You know, it just gives me chills thinking about it right now, and I'm going to do it one day. And that was age 14 or 15? Yeah. So then yeah. what what type of training did you start at that time? Uh, I started out training at Hayes MMA, and uh, shout out to everyone at Hayes MMA, Gage, Mitchell, fucking, I could name everyone. I don't want to miss anyone and all that, but 
Definitely uh, Gage Mitchell. Everybody loves that guy. Gage is a beast, man. Gage is going to be up here in the UFC here soon if he stays consistent with it. So shout out Gage. Shout out Troy Hayes in Madisonville. You know, if you're in Madisonville and you are looking for uh, a good trainer, he's the best around. Shit. Even if you're in any of the surrounding areas, go to Troy, Troy Hayes. You know, he's a, he's a top dog out there. But um, I started off whenever I was 15. Uh, trained with Troy all the way up until I was 18 or 19. Had my first amateur fight at 18. And I believe um, I went to tag. I want to say I, I had all my fights with Hayes all the way up until my very last fight before I went pro. And then that one I was training with tag. Okay. So I, I think I did. I commentated your amateur debut. Yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. Okay. That's pretty cool. I did that for about four years. And I think, Nathan, technically I only got to commentate one of yours, although I think I was involved in a little bit of the commentary, Nathan, when you fought against Isaiah. But it's kind of cool, um, even though I'm done with the commentary, that it's like I, I can look back and I had that four-year window where I did it, and then it's like I kind of have a little little connection to so many different people. It's a cool community. Yeah, the, yeah. the local and regional scene, I know, uh, Nathan, you're finished with B2, but both of you guys, what do you think of the growth and I don't even work for B2 anymore, so I'm not just sucking their dick for no reason. What do you guys think of the growth of B2 and the production value and all that? How great is that? Oh, my God, man. They've made huge moves. And honestly, I wish hell, I, they were already like that, of course, whenever I first started fighting because the production value that they have, they're all completely professional now. Um, Post-fight interviews, just the camera work that they do now. Um, hell, they're already great with it back then i noticed that so that's why i have every single fight of mine right now uh, mma wise under b2 and hard rock mma but man you know the way they are now i i want to get some fights in with them eventually but just for that factor but i'm also looking for uh national shit you know i want to go overseas i want to hit some big stuff as well okay nathan would you agree with that about the 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 b2 fighting series and their growth yeah, for sure, man. It's a, a different level than even when I was there fighting, telling Van Camp. You know, it's come a long way just in the last two years. Um, I think, like like you said, the uh, post-fight interviews and things like that, it gets you more prepared for the bigger shows. Uh, I know going over to Canada really helped me prepare for the UFC. Uh, I'd like to even see them like, start doing press conferences, invite some media, things like that. Um, it, it only helps you grow as a whole sport. It helps B2, but it also helps the individual fighters that learn how to speak to the media, answer questions. Uh, build their brand. Uh, they're definitely one of the bigger shows regionally for sure. And uh, I think they're only going to start getting better and better. What has been the biggest adjustment for you, Nathan, taking the, the leap from the regional scene up to the UFC? Is there one thing in particular that's most different? Uh, man, Canada really got me prepared. Uh, there's really not a, a big, big difference. Uh, when I went over to Canada, we were doing a lot more interviews. We are doing press conferences. Um, you're having to fly out you know, all the way over into Canada, long trips, having to prepare for that, prepare for a different time zone. Uh, as far as the UFC goes, man, nothing's um, really changed since my Canada trip. Uh, it really prepared me. I'm thankful for it. I love it. Okay. Um, looking over this card you're going to be fighting on, of course, Chris Curtis is fighting. Are there any other fights on that card you're keeping an eye out for? Nathan, I know you're not only a, I repeat it all the time, but a 3-0 and UFC fighter, but you're also a big fan. Any other fights on that card that deserve to be mentioned? Uh, I know Armand Tuscan. He's the uh, the main event. Uh, that's somebody to definitely look out for. Uh, he's a really strong wrestler. Talks a big game, too. Uh, he's entertaining. 
uh, I would tell everybody to check out his fight, man. It's going to be a good one. Interesting. So he's 155er, um, only five foot seven, but a, a Russian wrestler. That's interesting for for 155 to be five foot seven. That's pretty, you know, pretty short, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Another little interesting matchup. I want to say Sean O'Malley is fighting what two weeks or not. Okay. Me personally, I would love to see Nate knock his fucking head silly. <laughs> Nathan, thoughts on Sean O'Malley? Oh, uh, would I fight him? Or what? What are your thoughts on him? I know, I know, you would fight anybody in your weight class. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm a fan. I like watching him fight. I'm a fan of his striking. Uh, we just happen to be in the same weight class, and you know, he's a popular guy, making a lot of money. I want what he has, and uh, it's got to be me or him. It's gonna be Nate all day, every day. What about, what about that meme you shared, Nathan, that said, what was it? When Dana White doesn't want to give you a fight and he, what was it? Repeat what it was for me, Nathan. That was pretty funny. Oh, man, it wasn't even my meme. Somebody had made that, uh, a ghostwriter, I guess. Uh, I was more sharing it just so people didn't think that I had said it. <laughs> and I got a lot of hate for it. I guess everybody just kind of read it and didn't pay attention to the caption. Uh, but I really had nothing to do with that, man. It's really not my style. So you, you didn't make it, but it was funny. It said when when uh, you keep winning and Dana White doesn't want to give you uh, 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 another fight, and so he says, okay, another Dagestani wrestler. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's something about uh, when you're asking for a fight and Dana White doesn't like you, the, the best I can do is a Dagestani wrestler, and it's got like the pawn shop guys there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. Have you had much interaction with Dana White? Uh, no, I've talked to him at, uh, after weigh-ins, he'll give us like his speech and, uh, things like that. But I haven't had a whole lot of just one-on-one conversation with him. No. Okay. He is a bigger guy than he looks on TV. He's that. <laughs> you guys, Dana White fans? Yeah, Dana White's cool. So I want to, I want to talk to that man personally. What, what do you like about him, Brad? He's just a great businessman. Um, just who he is in general, you know, he's always seemed like a, very open-minded guy. You know, um, I just watched his interview with the Nug Boys not too long ago, and uh, I'm a big fan of the Nug Boys, too. I want to do a little prank video with them. Um, also, shout-out Alex Pellegrini at, uh, with the Bang Boys. You know, Alex is uh, in California right now trying to do his own thing with his YouTube channel. He's uh, making his own prank videos. Uh, you can check him out on YouTube at uh, Bang Boys. Um, so they're doing some big things. So I want to do uh, a little collab. I'm actually about to do a little surprise visit on them. I'm not going to tell them when, but uh, I'm going to fly in on them I'm in California here soon. And we're going to make some videos. And uh, also, of course, I want to get a little collab with Nug Boys, too. That would be amazing. Now, are you a big fan of prank videos? Yeah, hell yeah. Nathan, you a fan of prank videos? I haven't watched them a lot, man. <laughs> uh, Brad, anything in particular? Like uh, people walk by someone... And they have a fart machine, <laughs> just something like that, just or you like anything. moan moan into someone's ear at Walmart <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've ever heard of like Salim the Dream, um, shit, Salim the Dream is funny as hell. He's on the Nug Boys, and he'll he'll do stuff like that, like going to grocery stores and like moaning people's ears and shit. Okay, um, is that him? Yeah, yeah. He's part of the Nug Boys. Um, you know, there's a bunch of other ones in there, but you know, they do all kinds of stuff. Like they went to a wine. I want to say it was like a wine meet up where like everyone uh, very wealthy will go up and like you know uh, test wine out and everything okay and they all just fucking went wild and just Start poured choking. wine on each other you know what i'm saying just dance on the tables broke the tables and shit so 
it's anything like that, you know, I think it's all just hilarious. Um, some of the shit they probably take a little too far. You know, I wouldn't be involved in some things, but I definitely want to be involved in some other, some little shit. Trolling people is funny. You know, it's funny is I have my new dog Donald. He's a Boston Terrier, so I'm, my wife and I are in some Boston Terrier Facebook groups, and I added some of my friends to these groups, and they just go around commenting on people's pictures of their Boston Terriers, saying stuff like this. Doesn't look like a purebred to me. The nose is <laughs> the nose is too long. Okay, you know something like that, and people get so fucking offended if you say their dog is not purebred when they think it, when they think it is. I don't know what it is. Trolling people is just so fucking fun, and that's why I'm here with you right now, man. Because I fucking I love you as a person, dude. You know, Thank I've, you. I've always noticed this sense of humor. You know, you're funny as fuck. Um, follow the Kelly Patrick show on Facebook, by the way, if you ever need some uh, good motivational posts to start your day. I, <laughs> I think I'm still a part of the uh, Flat Earth group where you guys are on there trolling <laughs> those guys. <laughs> are, are, you, are you still in one of those groups, Nathan? Yeah, I think I'm still. I'll see posts from time to time. I don't see you guys on there anymore, but uh, yeah, I was a part of that for a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but quick story. About four or five years ago, some guys from my jujitsu academy and I, we joined a furries group. You guys know what furries are? I have no, no yeah. idea. Nathan, you do? Yeah, I do. So it's, it's these weird, nerdy people who dress up in weird fucking costumes. And, <laughs> and they go to like hotel conventions, and they, none of them take their hoods off. They're, they're, you know, so they're dressed up as like a, uh, looks like a cartoon panda or some, okay. you know, some crazy, super weird. And I think they fuck each other. Okay. Oh, shit. so it's like, some ki- <laughs> it's like some kinky stuff. If you, if you Google it, it's some real nerdy people called furries and they, they, they meet up and they all fuck each other. So we, we joined one of these groups. And me and a few of my buddies were pretending like we were going to go to this convention in Dallas. We spent like months building this up. Can't wait. We got people to agree to let us sleep in their hotel room with them. And um, long story short, then everybody in the group found out, in the furry group, found out I was trolling them. Okay. I, yeah, furry fandom. If you Google it, the shit's weird. Okay, okay. Furries are fucking weird. But um, tons of these furries found out that I was fucking with them. And I teach kids jujitsu uh, at a real wholesome jujitsu academy. And so all these furries from all across the country started commenting on our, our uh, jujitsu academy page like, did you, supposedly they filed a police report against me oh, oh and shit. they were commenting like pictures of this police report and all sorts of shit. Fortunately, my buddy was able to go in there and, and delete it all. But I mean, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally trolling people can, can really, back, can really backfire and you got to be careful. Oh yeah, truly. It, it can also open up opportunities, man. Um, shit, I just made the weirdest friendship probably ever, uh, just about a week ago. Um, on Snapchat, there's a woman, like, posting clothing, uh, like, outfits and everything. I don't know who the hell it was. She just randomly added me. I slid up on her story one day and uh, was trying to buy an outfit. And she took about three or four days kind of bullshitting around, um, led me on, everything, yada, yada. As soon as we got to the point whenever we were actually about to meet up, this bitch tells me that she doesn't have the fucking outfit that I've been asking for for three or four days that she said she had. So I was like, bet. Y'all ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? I started talking shit. I was like, I'm going to take my fucking money elsewhere. 
So her dude texts me immediately. He's like, I'll beat your ass. He, he, he calls me. I like this story. He, he calls me and like immediately he's like, yeah, you think you think you're all shit? And as soon as he hears my voice, man, he fucking hangs up, fucking gets shook, gets scared. Man, he starts talking all this shit on the text messages and everything, trying to fucking play off like some kind of tough guy. You know what I'm saying? Some kind of gangster or whatever. So he was like, okay, uh, where you at, Madisonville? He was like, I'm about like six minutes away. I said, babe, pull up to Walmart. I'll meet you there. Dude fucking says, okay, I'm here in Walmart and a black charger, yada, yada. I said, but send me a picture of a video so I don't waste my gas or my time. <laughs> no picture, no video. This was, last, said, this was last week? Yeah, it's about a week, week and a half ago now. Dude didn't send no videos. I already knew he was just faking, just trying to fucking play like some kind of tough guy. The whole time he was sitting there in the messages like, um, yeah, everyone around me knows me. Everyone knows who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that. So I was like, bet. I pulled up the fucking Walmart and I started sending this dude videos talking shit to him. Like, yeah, I don't see no goddamn black charger. You a pussy, all this shit. Watch around Walmart sending some videos, all this. <laughs> dude fucking get shook as hell, man. Shook as hell, scared as a fucking dog. And, um, man, I was like, let me know your name. I'm Bradley fucking Magari, you know what I'm saying? You can know who I am. I ain't got nothing to hide, but let me know your name, kid. And all this shit. He didn't give me his name for nothing. Didn't give me his name for nothing. Was shook. So I was like, but I'll find out your name. So I posted his number on every social media that I had. And I said, <laughs> does anyone know this guy? If you know this guy, send me his number. And, man, this dude fucking immediately changed everything. He was like, hey, man, like, you seem like a cool dude, all that. Like, I could, uh, I think you and my sister would actually be a good fit. You know what I'm saying? Trying to hook you up with <laughs> yeah, your sister. Yeah, it's like, I think you and my sister would be a good fit, man. Like, she needs a man like you. Uh, you guys are both bipolar as fuck, like crazy as shit. Um, so y'all would be fucking great for each other. So, uh goes to go you know we ended up actually meeting together in uh, a town maybe like 20 minutes away still i don't know his name still he's still shook but we still met up in his town he actually gave me a free outfit uh because granted they sell the outfits and everything so we meet up he gives me a free outfit and uh now i'm plugged in so if i ever want to sell some outfits you know he's giving me great prices and everything me and him are cool so i might fuck his sister and everything so have you seen pictures of the sister Nah, shit i haven't seen but he he didn't you know what i'm saying he's a handsome man no homo shit so i assume that his <laughs> fucking sister ain't too you're, bad you're not you wouldn't be too surprised to learn his sister was was attractive oh yeah yeah i wouldn't be surprised okay so there bad. is cases of the trolling thing going in a good direction yeah, is the yeah. moral of the story right yeah, you that's know, the man. moral of the story right nathan yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, talking shit, you know what I'm saying? It can lead you a lot of good ways. It could also lead you to a lot of bad ways, too. Um, shit, I fucking, I just got fired from UPS, actually, not too long ago. How but, long ago was that? Um, I said it's probably about a week and a half ago, too. Holy shit. Um, this guy during, is having an exciting, <laughs> a hey, fucking exciting couple weeks. Hey, I think, honestly, it was all because I quit smoking weed and um, shit during that time. Like, just after those few fat, few uh, past few days, you know, I was like a little... Maybe a little agitated, a little like extra on edge. So like that week, I was, I'm I'm already confrontational, you know. If you're gonna fucking be about some shit, I'm about it, you know. what I'm saying all day, every day. But whenever I'm going through that, like I was probably a little extra on edge. So I was on confrontation with everybody. But um, and the UPS shit was bullshit, man. That's why I'm about to get my job back and I'm about to get paid big time for it. And even if I don't get it back, I've got my business going. I've got this alcohol coming up. Uh, I've got all kinds of other things. I've got a Hell, I only get paid 15 an hour at UPS. I've got a job uh, where I'm about to make 22.50. So regardless, I'm good. Why'd you quit smoking weed? Um, it was at the same exact time on the 31st. Whenever I just decided to change everything. Oh, in my okay. Life, you know, you know. So I just decided that was one of those things. I spent 
Hell, I probably smoke over a hundred dollars worth of weed every single day. So oh, that's, so that's it's huge, almost like a financial thing too. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge thing. And of course, like obviously, fucking, I'm doing way better. I, I'd say that's a big reason. You know, it helps me stay focused, uh, energized, whatever. You know, I'm always on point with all my thoughts now. I'm focused, so uh, that's a big thing. But yeah, the UPS shit was bullshit, man. Um, we have five people down in the warehouse unloading trailers, unloading these. Uh, Basically, like, these box cars that you'll see right around town all the time, like, the UPS cars. And uh, me and this guy named Big Country, we just got done unloading two big, full 100% box trailers. Um, sweating, tired, all this stuff. And uh, it's about 7.30 whenever me and him get done. And granted, we're not allowed to do anything after 8.30. That's basically when we had to shut down. And um, by the time me and him get out, I found out that one of our managers has let the other three or five of us clock out so they can go fishing. Literally just clock out so they can go fishing. And they expected me and Big Country to sit there and pick up the slack, do all this work within an hour. And there's about 10, 16 full fucking cars of just heavy-ass boxes, all this. And they're over there trying to rush us to get this done and basically work overload. So I said, nah, fuck that. Y'all can call the motherfuckers that are out going fishing to go do this shit. I'm gone. I walked the fuck out. Yada, yada, yada. Texting my manager the next day. I was like, yeah, if y'all fired me that for that, or if y'all fired me for that, that's cool. But just let me know so I don't go and waste my time and my gas. She was like, okay, let me, uh, let me text yada, yada. Let me find out. So she texts them. And they say, yeah, you can't come back. So I'm like, bet, send me the boss's name. Send me the boss's number. Call the boss, um, you know, I run it by him, you know, see if he even understands the situation. And he did. And uh, so basically, I fucking go off on him, call him pussy, all this shit. He's a fucking, <laughs> this guy, and he doesn't know how to run shit. Because, uh, man, the manager who made the decision to let these motherfuckers go out fishing, is I, we have three managers there. And I asked every single one of them, I asked one of them, like, what is going on? Why y'all letting this? She said, I agree. Like, I don't understand what's going on. I asked the other one. She said, I agree. You know what I'm saying? That's wrong. I asked a man who made the decision. He literally looks me in my eyes because I asked him word for word. I said, I'm not going to say his name or anything, but I said, why are you letting people go fishing whenever we have all this goddamn work to do? And he looks me in my eyes and said, that's a good question. Like, so how the fuck am I going to just be able to be led by some dumbass like that, man? I has no idea what's going on. Doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't even agree with his own decisions. And there's no one else that I can go to mm-hmm. to get help from or anything. I've That's already addressed up. it to all the managers. So I fucking left before I elevated it or escalated it to anything else. You know what wow. I'm saying? So uh, me walking out was probably the best option right there. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sounds but, like uh, a shitty setup. Nathan, what's the shittiest job you've ever had? Oh man, uh, probably working at uh, the Tyson Chicken Factory, man. I hear that's pretty uh, hot. Yeah. What was so bad about that? Uh, it's freezing in there, man. The smell, uh, just killing chickens everywhere. Uh, just really wasn't my thing. But I worked there for about a year. Okay. All right. Is it Brad? What's the shittiest job you've ever had? Mm, I'd say Lowe's. I was. I worked at Lowe's as a customer service associate. So you were the um, guy that we'd stop and say, hey, where, where is the nail? Yeah, where like, the hey, like, hey, you guys need any help uh, loading this into your truck? And I would load, like, uh, big-ass, like, pack, uh, bags of concrete into people's truck, uh, wood into their trucks. Just during the summertime, it was hot. 
Man, if we were doing that right now, this historic heat, Jesus, you know what I'm saying? I knew I knew I was onto something when I asked you to help me move, move the washer <laughs> yeah, and dryer. Man, shit, I'm willing, you know what I'm saying? I was willing to. Yeah. Brad, Brad was coming here. He's going to drive two hours to be on the podcast with me, which is awesome. I appreciate you coming. Appreciate you having me, by the but, way. But, you know, my wife and I have got a rental house that we had just vacated, and we got to get some shit out of there quick because we're going to Florida tomorrow morning. And I was like, shit, what are we going to do? And then I was like, well, if we're going to have to take these washer and dryer out, Brad will be here. I'll ask him if he can help. And to your credit, he was like, yeah, I got you. He was, he was going to help me out. And turns out we didn't need to do it. But that's pretty cool, isn't it, Nathan? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, he was trying to get me involved last night. And I, I think we got our uh, signals crossed, man. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why Nate's not here physically right now because I think he didn't want to load no. <laughs> a, week, a week before his, his fourth UFC fight, <laughs> yeah. he, he blows throw, throws his back out trying to move a big washer up a, uh, a flight of stairs. That probably wouldn't be the best that career be decision. Shit. Yeah. Uh, eat up all of us, man. It'd be bad. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, Nathan, um, I really appreciate you joining us for the episode today. Before we wrap things up, I mean, do you have any specific sponsors, anything that's changed, anyone deserves a shout-out prior to your big fight, uh, which is in eight days? Uh, yeah, man, I got my list of sponsors here. It's growing, so just bear with me. Uh, being in Construction, Max Custom Completions, Baker Chiropractic, Team Lynn, Ape Ethics, Merle Painting, All Custom Roofing, Strong Realty Team, Elite Flash Performance, Darren Bronner, Fisher Total Maintenance, Chasers Bar and Grill, Stonebridge Sports, Tacaholics, and Lux Motors. I appreciate all you guys helping me do what I do full-time. I love it. Brad, what about you? You got a, a pro pro debut coming soon. You're only 23 years old. Do you have any, you have any specific sponsors right now? Or, uh, nah, or any, I'm, any a, I'm my own sponsor. Any bags of candy you want to sell or anything? Shit, I've got candy. Uh, you can check on my Facebook. I've got so many things for sale right now. I don't even know what I've got. I've got childproof lighters. I've got wipes. I've, I'm basically Walmart over here. Okay. I'm my own, I'm my <laughs> own sponsor in this shit. But, um, I also got a few things I want to shout out too, man. This is uh, something that could potentially bring me a lot of money and, uh, help me reach my goals of, uh, you know, bringing life to my town really quickly. Um, I've got an NFT out right now called hashtag own the account. And um, basically what it is, is a golden 3D key. And uh, you can find it on my Facebook. You can also find it on OpenSea Marketplace. It's the biggest marketplace for NFTs. Just type in not UFC strike NFT and you'll see it on there. Um, basically the backstory of that is um, shit about... I want to say December or January, I got an email from the UFC of them basically announcing that they're about to release uh, an NFT collection called UFC Strike NFT. So me, I fucking hop on that shit ASAP and I get on Instagram and I make a UFC Strike NFT account immediately. So uh, basically I have the official UFC Strike NFT Instagram handle like every other social media that the UFC has. They have it as UFC Strike NFT, but on Instagram, they have it only as UFC Strike because I took their shit. Uh, so what I did with that, basically, I'm making, uh, I made it a little, I made that page a meme page. And um, what I did, I just turned into um, just a little joke, you know. Um, I took the bio of, like, UFC Strike's actual shit, and I changed it up a little bit. So, for example, um, I could probably pull it up real quick. A UFC Strikes bio will say, like, 
officially licensed NFTs by the UFC. Let me see. Yeah, there it says officially licensed UFC NFTs by Dapper Labs built on the Flow blockchain. Hashtag own the glory. So I was like, bet I can make something a little funny out of that. So my bio says on UFC Strike NFT says unofficially not licensed NFTs by not the UFC built on the Instagram blockchain. Hashtag own the booty. <laughs> so basically what I did with that shit is I took screenshots of UFC fighters asses. <laughs> And I just posted it onto my Instagram. <laughs> and, for example, I got a picture of Ronda Rousey's ass, and it says, NFT number one, hashtag own the booty. <laughs> I've got another one of Betch Correa's ass, he's, and it he's says. He's showing me these, Nathan. You got to see this. <laughs> you look it up right now on uh, Instagram, what, UFC who, Strike NFT. Who has the best ass in the history of the female female division for Ooh, the UFC? It's tough, man. I'm trying to, I'm honestly I know you're to married, talk. Nathan, so I assume you don't have an opinion on it. <laughs> <laughs> nope, never seen one that I like. <laughs> Shit, Best Correa definitely has a nice one. Um, man, it's so tough. It's so tough. I honestly don't remember some of their names. Um, who is that? She's not in the UFC, but who is uh I think her name is Valerie Loretta. She's in the Bell- Bellator or something like that. Nope, you know, never heard of her. Yeah. He said no. I, I'm, I'm married, married also. I've never, I've okay, never well, heard of her. just in case y'all didn't know, she got a big old fat ass. But, uh, <laughs> Shit, on this Instagram page, man, I made this in, like, December or January, and like I said, it was just some jokes, like, NFT number three, hashtag on the booty, and I just left it as that, and uh, I forgot about it for months, and uh, another way that I make money right now is I build up Instagram accounts, and I sell them, and I can do, like, affiliate marketing with them, I can uh, do promotions with them, shit like that, and um, so I was really heavy into that, I want to say, March and April, and then uh, I was at a buddy's house, and I just randomly remembered. I was like, hey, I fucking made a UFC strike in a T page, you know? So I'll go back and check it. And granted, last time I was on it, had no followers, no likes, nothing. Man, I get on this thing that has like 50-plus followers on it, maybe more than that, maybe like 100 followers on it. Hella likes, hella comments. And in the comment section is all just like, here because of Izzy. Yeah, Izzy. Um Izzy really just got us all. Hey, yo, Izzy. Izzy horny, bro. Izzy, what are we doing here? Nobody uh, nobody was calling you, like, chauvinist or anything like that. That uh, would, Honestly, for uh, me, that would have been more exciting if people were saying, like, this is disgusting. Uh, you're, nah. a fuck, you're a fucking pig. Nah, shit, I don't even know what chauvinist <laughs> means. Shit. Okay. But fucking, yeah, everyone on here is just thinking it's hilarious, and they're all tagging Izzy, uh, Izzy as in Israel Adesanya, you know, the mm-hmm. UFC fighter. Sure. So I was like, shit, you know, Izzy must have fucking reposted my stuff or something, you know? And, um, man, this is fucking huge. Like, he's got a video of my page. Seriously? On his YouTube channel. Damn. That has about 500,000 views. Damn. And right at the very beginning of the video, uh, the video is titled, let me see, so you can all look it up. It's also, uh, a clip of it is also on the UFC Strike NFT page. So I can show you right here live. But, uh. It's on one of his videos. I want to say, like, uh, my reaction is titled, like, my reaction to the London, like, crazy London UFC fights. And it's got 500,000 views literally right at the very beginning of the video. It's him and his whole team, like, being like, oh, damn, whoever made that Instagram page fucking got me good. You know, like, good troll. Uh, and then one of his teammates is explaining, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's just, like, some pictures of, like, UFC fighters' asses. And fucking, they're all just fucking dying laughing at the shit, man. So, uh, 
Hell, I reposted that on my Instagram page and tagged Izzy, and he actually commented on my Instagram page and said, uh, like, he's like, wow, good shit, man. Um, <laughs> he's like, wow, here, hold on, let me Nathan, see. Nathan, did you know anything about all this? No, I didn't. <laughs> like, so he's even got it. He says, LOL, still a classic. Good, good job. Good job. <laughs> yep. So fucking what I'm doing with this page right now and this NFT, and I think it's going to go huge, man, just for the sole purpose that I've seen so many dumbass NFTs sell for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars that had no utility to them and don't look good at all. You know, they're just pixelated trash. But mine, mine is a golden 3D NFT that on one side of it, it spins around. And on one side of it, it says hashtag on the count. And on the other side, it says hashtag on the booty on it. Okay. So basically, the key represents um, whoever is... The purchaser of that key will be able to unlock this account. And um, whoever purchases it, only the owner of the NFT can see this. But there is a unlockable content feature on the NFT on OpenSea that allows you allows the owner to open it up and get the email and the password for this account, the UFC Strike NFT account. So you can hashtag on the account. Wow. And I'm only selling that for no less than $100,000. So I don't care how long it's gonna take me. It's gonna go. It's gonna go regardless. So I'm trying to get my. I'm trying to get that out there. I'm trying to put it out there. And uh, the faster we can do that, the faster that we can get these plans into fruition. You know what I'm saying? Invest that hundred thousand dollars into uh, these businesses. I've got an alcohol brand that is absolutely fucking spectacular. Like I wish it was already done so I could talk to you all about it right now, but I can't tell anyone right now. But the name of it, the shape of the bottle is fucking amazing. Like. Whenever you put it on a shelf around a hundred other bottles, that is the one well, that you're that going to see. That is the one that you that will see. And fucking, you can't forget it. Yeah. No one will ever forget it. So as soon as I get that, done, I get that done, along with the McGuire's business, business, you know those two things alone are going to be. Wait one life. second. Wait, wait, I was doing something. I was doing Sorry, something. I was looking at your story. I got a feedback got a here. Feedback Nathan, can you hear that? Nathan, can you hear that? No, I can't hear anything. Okay, I apologize. Okay. No, I apologize. Right no, right but um, but uh, yeah, basically, whatever yeah, basically I can do to get as much capital as possible to start um, really get things flowing, open this alcohol brand, and basically make a shit ton of money. You know, I'm gonna start building things for my community, and um, of course, taking care of myself and my family. You know, you already saw. It took me about an extra hour to get here because my car is fucking breaking down. I need to get me a new car. I need to get me something. You know, I don't need to get my own little place, and um. And, uh, of course, take care of my family and all the people family. around me that's been supporting me this whole time. I love it. Well, I love Nathan, it. Nathan, sorry I Nathan, hung up on you. Are you, you. Are you still there? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate on. you coming on. Nathan Manis, Nathan best of luck to you with your fight a week from tomorrow. Bradley McGar. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, encourage everyone to encourage check you out on Instagram. Facebook. Facebook. Everything. Both you guys, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for giving me the platform. It was a great one, man. Like I said, hell yeah, hell yeah. I want to thank everyone for, keep, thank tuning, everyone for into the tuning into the Kelly Patrick Show. show. Of course, we will have of another we will episode. Have another episode out soon.